Why don't we get busy and deliver the briefcase to Mary? If I know her as well as I think I do, she'll invite us right in for tea and strumpets. Good plan. Where's she live? I don't know. What's her last name? I'll look it up. Uh, you know, I don't really recall. It starts with an S. So swim, swammy, sl slippy, slappy, slimming, salmon, salmon, swans, swanson, swanson. Maybe it's on the briefcase. Look on the. Oh yeah, it's right here. Samsonite. I was way off. I knew it started with an S though. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Oh, no. <laughs> God, no. Welcome back to Thank Fucking God It's Friday. I'm Drew. And I'm Katie. And today we're going to talk... I don't even have anything. It's just... <laughs> just your reaction to that. We're going to talk about Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> yeah. Reluctantly on my part. <laughs> uh, everything I love, Katie hates. <laughs> That's not true. But... She did. She definitely had different feelings about this movie than I did. Yeah. Um, I watched this movie last night in preparation for today, and I kept pausing just to see how much time was left. So disappointing. What if I were to tell you that the movie has a connection to The Shining? I haven't seen The then Shining. You'd be like, Neither have I. <laughs> Nor have I read it, but I've read the Wikipedia, which is what I do for all scary movies, because I like, I, I need... I need to know what happens in them, but I, mean, I won't see them. I, I guess I technically have seen The Shining, but it was at a sleepover in high school, so I don't know. It was just on in the background. That was how I saw my first R-rated movie. It was at a sleepover oh. at a friend's for a birthday party. We watched Scream. Uh, have I told this one before? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, we can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, God. Yeah, well, we'll talk about the shining part later. All right. Yeah, so we're talking about Dumb and Dumber. It is a Farrelly Brothers movie starring Jim Carrey as Lloyd Christmas and Jeff Daniels as Harry Dunn, who are two completely idiotic roommates who live in Providence, Rhode Island, until they go on a road trip to Aspen. Yeah, which is similar to like all of the following Farrelly Brothers movies that come out. Post that. Oh, I don't know that I've seen other ones. I don't know what There's something they are. about Mary. Nope. Me, myself, and Irene. Nope. Um, oh, God. What was the other one? I can't even think of the fourth one. There's another one that came out right after that. But anyway. So I haven't seen any of them except this. But the You haven't film... seen There's Something About Mary? Mm-mm. Well, that's going to be what we do. <laughs> but the film was released on December 16th, 1994. So it was like a Christmas time movie that... Probably yeah, is Lloyd why. Christmas. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's probably why it did somewhat good at the box office because people were going to the movies while they were off of work. And okay, first of all, that's not why the movie did well. I think it is. The movie did well because Ace Ventura is a huge comedy star at the time. Ace Ventura. Yes, that's right. Ace Ventura, <laughs> not Jim Carrey. But Ace Ventura was a huge thing at that time. At that point, I guess. Uh, you're telling me Jim Carrey wasn't big then? He was big, but I don't know. This movie is so stupid. I can't even, 
But it's smart. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. He asked for like tea and strumpets. He's a smart man. Oh, man. <laughs> the movie actually came from a script that they, the Fairley brothers had made called Dust to Dust, which was about two friends who were idiots uh, who worked at a funeral parlor. Mm. Yeah. And then it adapted over the time and went by different names, went by a name. They called it Go West for a while. They called it A Power Tool is Not a Toy uh, because studios didn't want to do anything with a movie called Dumb and Dumber. (laughs) I mean, that makes sense that they wouldn't. It's not the most. I mean, it's a catchy name. I'll say that. But it doesn't have great connotations. Yeah. Uh, There's actually an article on a website I go to a lot, The Ringer recently that was about Jim Carrey and like the, the trio of comedies that he had that came out in 94 Ace Ventura, the mask and uh, dumb and dumber. That's so many movies for one year. And I know he doesn't like film them all at the same time. It just happened to be when they got released, but like the same thing happened to Jude law sometime in the early two thousands. But yeah, but like those three came out and first of all, he was the first actor ever to have three number one movies in the same year. Wow. But this movie, it was passed on by a lot of people in a lot of studios uh, before it got made. And even when New Line Cinema, which is the people that end up getting it, uh, even when they got it, basically they gave the Fairley Brothers a list of actors. They're like, here's 25 comedic, comedic actors. You got to get one of them or two of them into this film. And all of them passed. All of them passed on it. Well, eventually. They got Jim Carrey and we'll talk about his salary in a little bit, but like they got him and then they got Jeff Daniels and they got all the stuff. And like, even then it was still just like, mm. people thought it was the people who were at like the high ups in new line were like, it's going to, mm, it's not going to do well. But people working with Jim Carrey though, were like seeing this hilarious dude, like, and actually like this movie's going to be fucking hilarious. <laughs> well, I know some people, like it, like yourself. It is kind of a cult classic now, I think. I don't think it's a... I think it's just a movie that people like and it doesn't fit your... I don't think it's a cult movie. No? In any way, shape, or form. Because I feel like a cult movie has to have not done well in its time or was underappreciated in its time and then, like, gains a following. Like, The Room is a fucking cult movie. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is not. Okay. Well, it's not my thing. That's fair. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Okay. So you're going to put two minutes on the clock for me to do a quick synopsis? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, man. It, we could have me do a recap of this movie that I love, but where is the fun in that? Let's have Katie go for two minutes and see what she, what she remembers, what she can think of for this movie. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. On your mark. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flash my hands up. At points, you're not going to know what they mean. It doesn't matter. Ready? What is 10 seconds going to look like? Okay. I put up two hands. Okay. Yeah. Get set. Go. Movie starts out. Jim Carrey is a limo driver hitting on some girl. And Harry is a dog groomer driving a van that looks like a sheepdog. And there's a lot of animal cruelty to start things. Lloyd takes a girl to the airport. And she leaves a briefcase. And... Lloyd goes and grabs it and is like, oh, no, I have to get this to her. And then these thugs that were supposed to pick up the suitcase 
find him and follow him. And eventually they're like, let's go to Aspen to give the briefcase to the girl who hated me to begin with. And they go on this road trip. They have no money. They have a run-in with a guy named Seabass where they hit him with a salt shaker. Um, if Then we find out that Mary had the briefcase because it was ransom money because her husband was kidnapped, I think. They say that. One minute. And... Uh, where are some other important parts in my notes? Um, they, I guess their car gets broken down, their van gets broken down, and then they get a motorbike, and that takes them to Aspen, and they have snot frozen to their faces, and eventually they go and meet Mary, and she goes on a date randomly with Harry, even though she's married, and Lloyd gets upset about it, and then... The thugs find them, and the bad guy is Mary's friend, Nicholas, I guess. They're friends? I don't know. And I don't know. They shoot him. Police show up. The husband comes back. And there's a lot of stupid stuff in between, but that was kind of the plot, I guess. Okay. Yeah, well, three seconds to go. <laughs> God. That... Mm. I like the, like, (laughs) a lot of animal cruelty. Oh, Uh, my gosh. I was so upset by it. With the dogs? Yes. So, there's all these dogs in the back of Harry's van that are unrestrained, and he's, like, driving like crazy, taking corners really sharply, and the dogs are, like, going back and forth in the back of the van and yelping and stuff, and it was so sad to watch. (laughs) It was. Katie's, like, tearing up right now. I am not. (laughs) (laughs) You can see it. Her eyes are getting moist. No. So I watched this last night with our friend Sarah, and she and I were on the same page about this being a terrible movie. You can't trust Sarah. (laughs) But, yeah. I don't know. Do you want to have some initial thoughts before we kind of talk about highlights? Sure. All right. First of all, this movie is a classic. (laughs) This movie is comedic genius. And this movie is so funny to me. Like, it's so dumb. It is Dumb and Dumber. Yes, these guys are idiots. But, like, I can't not laugh when I hear Lloyd talking about how the wine flows like beer. And, like, just the stupid shit they say that, like, you know what they're trying to reference, but they don't. And they can't, like, say anything. It's like, oh, no, Lloyd, the French are assholes. Like, just something like that. Like, they're going to Aspen. Come on. Uh... Yeah, and the whole time the thugs are, like, trying to catch them to kill them, but they keep making stupid mis... Like, Lloyd and Lloyd and Harry keep making stupid... Not mistakes, they keep taking actions that are stupid, but it ends up working in their favor. Right. So, like, they accidentally kill one of the thugs when they put a bunch of hot peppers on his burger, and he has an ulcer... And then needs his pills, and instead of giving him his pills, they give him the rat poison that they that he was going to use to poison them. Yeah. Or when they think it's like the gas company that's like coming to their door, mm-hmm. and so but it's really the, you know the thugs. Mental. That's his name. Mental and Shay, right? I don't know what the. I, think I just called them the thugs the whole time. That's fair. I know his name is Mental, which mm-hmm. is great. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so the kidnapping, though. I've watched this movie dozens of times. 
I've never understood the kidnapping plot. <laughs> Not once. Like, who is the guy? Who is Andre? Is he like, is he a family friend? Is he related to them? What's going on? No I one didn't knows. get it. No, it did, doesn't make sense. They say, oh, it was a ransom money. They didn't say at all why he got kidnapped. I don't even, I didn't think that they said that it was his her husband until the end. It's possible they did earlier than that, but. Not really. It was very confusing. And then, like I said, she goes on this date with Harry. I don't think that she was trying to go on a date with him. I think her friend was just trying to get her that out of the house. That was her stepmom. Those are stepmom. That's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> her stepmom was just trying to get her out of the house or something. But yeah, I don't know. There's so many like lines from this, though, that I feel like I still use or that are just pervasive into pop culture. There was one towards the end where I guess I didn't really realize that it was from this movie. I like you. I like you a lot. Oh, it was, so you're telling me there's a chance. I didn't realize that was the, from this movie. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll come back to that line later. Okay. <laughs> I did have a problem at the very, very, very beginning, basically, when Lloyd takes Mary to the airport and is like, how about a hug? And he, like, is hugging her for a very, very long time. And it just made me so uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. For and sure. And my note just says, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's not something that you would find in a movie today, for sure. Yeah. It's very, very uh, a product of the time. Right after is another thing that you wouldn't find where he grabs the briefcase oh, and yeah. runs up to the gate. Pre-9-11. Yep. You just get into airports and putts around. And run down the jetway. Right. He's and like, I, it's okay, I'm a limo driver. I'm and, a limo driver. And runs down the jetway and there's no plane there, so he falls off of it. Which leads to one of my favorite dumb lines of the movie. When he gets home and like throws his bag on, Harry's like, how was your day? Like, Fell off the jetway again. <laughs> Which, he's fallen off the jetway multiple times. Yeah, I guess. He's just a man trying to find love. You can hear it in his voice when he's like, she talked to me. Like, <laughs> that's that's a, a high point for him, is that somebody who he was driving around talked to him. I'm surprised he passed his driver's test. Because we learn later he can't read. Oh, yeah. T-t-t-t-t-t-t-the. <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines from this. Oh, boy. So, I feel like there's a lot of scenes in this. Like, yes, a lot of stuff is dumb. Some of it's dumber. <laughs> uh, but I feel like there's a lot of memorable scenes. There's scenes that I, like, I can remember. I can't picture them, but I can remember them in my head. I know what happens. I know what's said. You yeah. know, those sort of things. And so I'm going to lay some of these out for you. You might have a different one. You might not care about any of these, which is more likely. Yeah. But I'm going to kind of give a brief little thing of each. The scooter scene when he first shows up with the scooter. So they have their car. <laughs> Lloyd and Harry switch seats like three miles from the Colorado state line. And then Lloyd just accidentally drives the wrong way. For five hours. Uh, so now they don't have enough money for gas to get to Aspen, all this stuff. And Harry decides to start walking home. Very emotional scene. <laughs> <laughs> Lloyd shows up, uh, you know, in the next scene. I like how there's not like a segue of time where they're apart. It's just the next scene. He comes up on a scooter. I can get 70 miles to the gallon on this hog. 
You know, Lloyd, just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself! <laughs> Still want to go to Aspen? Oh, yeah! Okay, let's go, buddy! I don't remember the scene. There's a lot about this movie that I don't remember. But I do remember the image of them on the bike. Yeah. The scooter. That could be from pictures that I've seen since. Yeah. But yeah, that, I feel like I've heard people, people use that line a lot. You totally redeem yourself. Like for not, you know what I mean? Not like it's not, oh, every day I hear someone saying <laughs> that people still use that line. I, I haven't heard that one. I have my hang out with my friends. <laughs> um, so that's my first scene. Okay. I'm going to give you five. Wow. Okay. The second one, which is also one of my favorite, is Lloyd's Daydream when he's driving. That goes on for so long. It's so long. <laughs> like, he goes and shows up to Mary's house, and she's very excited and happy, and then they go out to dinner, and, like, the waiter starts kissing her arm. Yeah. Which it leads to Lloyd fighting everyone in that restaurant including like pulling a man's heart out and putting it in a doggy bag, which I guess was an improvised bit by Jim Carrey. So I wasn't sure if this scene was racist. Um, yeah, I also kind of had that thought, but because the guy that comes out of the kitchen, he's the chef. He's like doing karate and stuff. And I couldn't tell if he was Asian. Yeah. Couldn't tell either. Like it was one of those things where they tried to make him look Asian. Yeah. It, it did. If, if he's kinda. not, they right. made him. They tried to make it a little yeah. bit right. Um, so there's that scene. Everything was sea bass in the restaurant, which you probably don't know who sea bass is, but do you know who the person playing sea bass is? Oh, no. Uh, so he's an NHL player, Cam Neely. He's also in Me, Myself, and Irene as Officer Seabass. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's an NHL player. Uh, he was in some other things too, actually. He was in Mighty Ducks 2 as a celebrity at a party. Oh. I did think that plan that they had to get out of that situation was pretty good. Although Lloyd kind of undercuts it when he says that he saw it in a movie and the way that it ended was the guy caught up with him a half mile later and killed them. That is a reference to the movie Something Wild, which mm. stars, in part, Jeff Daniels. Oh. Yeah, so they made a little reference to his. But yeah, I love that. Went over my head. So yeah, when they show uh Seabass over there said he'd like to pay for our pay for our meals. Seabass <laughs> said that. The scene in the van with Mental when he's there. Wanna hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> and they're doing like tag. <laughs> I love that they play tag. Right next to each other. Yeah. I didn't Tag. realize that was what they were doing, actually. Tag, you're it. You're it. You're it. No takesies, backsies. Uh, no quitsies, anti-quitsies. Double stamp, triple stamp. You can't double stamp a double stamp. Yeah. Uh -huh. I, I didn't get that. I, I just thought they were, like, arguing or something. No, they were playing tag, which they also do at the end of the movie when they're walking down the street after the Hawaiian Tropic bus. Do you want to know what my note was during this scene? What? I said, I feel like the thug guy annoyed with them. That's my fourth scene. Oh, my next note right after that is, we aren't even halfway through the movie. Help me. I hate you. <laughs> uh, my, that's my fourth scene. And the fifth one... Oh, All of your scenes are from the first half of the movie. <laughs> All right, well, fine. I'm going to do two more then. 
One of them is Harry getting his tongue stuck to the frost-covered uh, ski lift thing. This would have been my most memorable as well. So, Jeff Daniels has Novoplasia origosomy, which is basically, that's his tongue that's doing that. His tongue is, like, extra stretchy. Oh, that was really his tongue? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is freaky. So yeah, he's got an extra stretchy tongue. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, so this was a very memorable scene for me as I was rewatching it because this has nothing to do with the movie. But when he's stuck on the chairlift, his tongue is stuck to the chairlift. He like rides it around again, and this girl gets on the chairlift like a kid. Yeah. And she was wearing the same coat that I had. I had it in 1992, oh, and it's the exact same coat. <laughs> Ridiculous. Of course, that's your most memorable part. It's a bright pink coat because, as Sarah said when we were watching, the 90s were still the 80s. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Oh, man. My last scene. Okay. The snowball fight between Harry and Mary. Yes. Which is... Violent. So violent. He gets so angry. (laughs) Like, shoves her face in the ground. It's like... Throwing snow. First of all, the first snowball beans her heart. And it, the sound effect that they used for it made it sound like ice. <laughs> it made it sound like her face was going to be broken. Right. Like she would at least have blood coming out of her face. Yeah. Which she checks her blood later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they laugh it off. Um, so yours is the tongue. Yeah. Mine was the tongue. Mostly because of the jacket. Although I will add in when he meets up with Mary later and is in the bathroom, and the toilet doesn't work. Oh, yeah. I, that I, is a I, scene that I remembered from this, from before. How did I not put that in here? Uh, I can't believe I put that in here. Because uh, Lloyd puts yeah, yeah, laxative yeah. in his drink, like a, a whole bottle almost of laxative, and so he has a poop emergency at Mary's house and goes, but then finds out the toilet doesn't flush. So Jeff Daniels was approached about this scene. Oh, yeah. By Clint Eastwood, <laughs> who told him that he related so much to it. Oh, my god! Because gosh. at some point in his life, he was at a girlfriend's house or a girl's house, and the same thing happened to yeah. him. Yeah. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> That's such a weird thing for Clint Eastwood to, like, bring up. I don't know. It's just so, so strange. Well, I think a lot of people have had poop emergencies, so it probably is relatable in general. Mine was on the way back from Cedar Point. I don't want to go into it. <laughs> we'll leave it there. Yeah. Uh, I think my most memorable scene for me is still the one with Seabass, the whole thing in the restaurant. Because it ties in later when you know Seabass shows up at the, the rest stop yeah, to the make stop. manly love to whoever's there, which is a whole weird thing. But on March 25th at 2.15 a.m. sharp. Sharp, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the whole like, <gasps> you spilled salt. You can't. We can't have bad luck on our trip. He just whips the whole thing over his shoulder. Yeah, I wasn't looking specifically at the TV during that scene, so I didn't quite see the salt shaker get thrown, yeah. but I kind of put it together what happened. But my favorite part about that whole thing, though, is when Seabass comes over. It's like, who did that? And <laughs> Lloyd is his head down and just pointing right at Harry, like, hmm, mm, <laughs> right here. <laughs> And then he's like, you really chickened out, man. <laughs> God, what a good friend. Yeah. <laughs>
why don't we go into some people that were in consideration for the cast? Did you look any of these up? No. Cool. All right. So one of the people who is almost Harry was actually in the movie still, and that is Harland Williams. Oh, he played the cop. Yeah, who drinks, who the, drinks pee. the pee. So I, I pointed him out to Sarah. Sarah didn't know who he was. I know him from that movie Rocket Man from like 97, 98. I've actually never seen Rocket Man. Oh, I know really? what movie you're talking about, but. You would probably like it because it's similar humor. Yeah. It's like, actually, it's very similar to this movie where somebody basically is doing a bunch of dumb things, but it ends up working out. Yeah. I like him a lot from Down Periscope. Oh, I haven't seen with that. With Kelsey Grammer. It's not a good movie, but I <laughs> love it. I've watched it so many times. It's so funny to me. You would hate it. I, I can just tell you this now. You'd hate it. Okay. Noted. But it's fucking hilarious to me. <laughs> um, so he was almost Harry. Nicholas Cage and Gary Oldman. Almost Lloyd and Harry. Nicholas Cage and Gary Oldman. That would be so weird. I know. Can you just, I can't, I can't picture that as the movie. Well, Jim Carrey works so well. I did read that. So he has a chipped tooth in the movie and I did read that that is his actual chipped tooth. He just took the cap off for the movie. He apparently the night before they started filming decided that Lloyd should have a chipped tooth. So he used a bottle opener and pulled the cap off his tooth. Oh, he did it himself. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) so that was, he also, I think decided on the haircut. (laughs) Yeah, the haircut's pretty bad. The haircut is... Bowl bowl cut. Yeah. Uh, For Jeff Daniels, they told him. He was instructed. He was allowed to wash his hair with shampoo, but he could never use conditioner, detanglers, or brush his hair. He had to leave it like that so that it would look like it did. I mean, Sarah specifically said she was really upset by his hair. So it worked how they wanted it. Yeah. (laughs) Um... So Nick Cage and Gary Oldman, which, again, I like both Nick Cage and I like Gary Oldman. I can't picture them in this movie. No. I can't either. Uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short, which I feel like they were too past. I feel like they were older than where I would want them to be for this movie at that time. Steve Martin, for sure. They might be the same age, but Steve Martin just looks older. Which, they're two of my favorite comedians of all time. Like, Steve Martin is my favorite comedian of all time. I wouldn't want him in this movie. I did actually (laughs) look up how old Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels were when this came out. Jim Carrey, like, 34 or something He was 32, and Jeff Daniels was 39. Okay. Rob Lowe. Can't see it. Can't see it at all. I, I just picture him as Parks and Rec. Well, even that, like, I was thinking, like, all right, what do I know him from from that time in terms of movies? Yeah. And I think of him from Tommy Boy, and, like, his character in Tommy Boy is dick, so it's, like, it's hard for me to picture him from Mm. that as this. Which, yeah. Lauren Holly, who played Mary, and actually married Jim Carrey for less than a year. Yeah, (laughs) I I didn't see that. (laughs) Um, She turned down a role for Ace Ventura, but then ended up, you know, doing this. Yeah. Yeah, they were married for less than a year. Interesting. So one casting thing that I have. So when Sarah and I were watching this, we thought one of the detectives was pretty attractive. (laughs) And I looked him up because he seemed familiar. And he was on an episode of Friends. Of course. He is in the one with all the kissing where it's right after Ross's wedding in London 
where Rachel thinks that she's in love with Ross and Monica has to make Rachel go on a date with some other guy. And it's this guy. Okay. And then also I was confused about another person who I thought was somebody else. And I was looking her up and I saw that both that guy and that girl were in the same short film as mm-hmm. well as somebody else in the movie. So it was like weird because it's not a Farrelly Brothers short film or anything like that. I wasn't sure what the connection was, but it's called Fetch. Okay. Well, if we're going to talk about friends connections, we got to talk about Scrubs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And Mental, a.k.a. Mike Starr, was also in Scrubs, apparently. I don't know when. Can't picture it. Anywho's it. Let's talk about how much money these people got paid because it is super interesting to me. Is it a lot or a little? Yes. Okay. Who do you think got paid more? This is an easy question. Jeff Daniels. What? No, Jim Carrey. Oh, (laughs) I didn't know if he was like a big name at the time that they were like filming the movie. So, (laughs) (laughs) gosh, everything I think you're going to say, you say something different. (laughs) Um, So, Jim Carrey. He was in In Living Color in the early 90s. That's true. He was an up, up and coming like comedic actor. He'd been around for a while at this point. His first big break comedically was Ace Ventura, which came out is the first of the trio of movies and then The Mask and then this. So they were trying to get him in this before Ace Ventura came out and they were offering him or he was asking for, I think, 400,000, somewhere around $400,000 for it. New Line Cinema says, "Uh, we're not paying you that. You're a comedic actor, not an action star or anything. Mm -hmm. Cut to Ace Ventura comes out, does well its first week. They say, all right, we'll pay you 400000 Isn't true. Or Jim Carrey says, <laughs> it's like the third time done that. Jim Carrey says, uh, no, 500000 They're like, we're not paying you 500000 Movie continues to do well. It's number one. They say, all right, we'll pay you 500000 Price keeps going up. Soon there's a bidding war between some places. Oh. Cut to Jim Carrey's final salary. What do you think? A million? Seven million. Oh. Seven million. Wow. He was... He had asked for 400000 If they would have just said, sure. <laughs> the budget for the movie was $19 million. Wow. So he's making seven. Yeah. I just assumed that they negotiated his salary like way earlier in the process. So that's why I was thinking it wasn't very much. Because yeah. I assumed it was before Ace Ventura and all it that. It was when Ace Ventura came out, yeah. So he parlayed this into one of his next movies that came out was The Cable Guy. For this, and I gotta let me make sure I get this the right number. For the cable guy, Columbia Pictures paid Jim Carrey twenty million dollars. Wow. Twenty million dollars. Have you seen that? Yeah, I've seen the cable guy. I love it. I haven't. After news of his windfall broke, this is according to the article on the ringer, one unnamed studio had called it as seminal and destructive a payment as when the late 80s 20th Century Fox gave a then unproven Bruce Willis $5 million for Die Hard. Wow. Basically, they're saying it's going to just set the pace for actor salaries and ruin companies and stuff. Yeah. And the cable that didn't do well, which I, I think it's a good movie. It's dark. It's kind of creepy. And like Jim Carrey is definitely really creepy in it. But I like him and it, I don't know. It's a good movie. Chris Farley was actually supposed to be in that one as the lead. But then, you know, Ben Stiller directed it. That's random. Yeah. I mean, I guess not super random. He's a comedic actor, so it makes sense he would direct a comedic movie. But 
So let's go to Jeff Daniels' salary now. The studio did not want Jeff Daniels there as the other lead. I've gotten various things from different things I've read, like whether the Farley brothers wanted him or not. But Jeff Daniels, his first week was basically his audition. Oh. Like his first week on set, like they had another comedian standing by. They had a comedian standing by that they wanted to have in there or something. And like Jim Carrey wanted Jeff Daniels in the movie. They offered Jeff Daniels $50,000, assuming he would just be like, no, he's going to argue or anything. He just accepted it. Oh my gosh. And he wanted to be in the movie to work with Jim Carrey. $50,000? Yeah. Did he get a cut of the revenues or anything like that? I don't know. I mean, he's doing fine. He was just, he had just played Harry and Speed before that. He's doing fine. Uh, But yeah, he wanted to, he's like, I get to play off Jim Carrey. This guy's hilarious, all this stuff. And like, he wanted to do it with them. I forgot he was in Speed, even though we watched it. <laughs> yeah. Speed came out like relatively close to this. And he played Harry in Speed. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, he, uh, he's also our brr, 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 Michigan connection because he lives in Michigan. He lives there now? I know he did at the time. I'm oh. sure he still does. I think he lives there with his wife. But yeah. Jeff Daniels, $50,000. They thought he would be like, no, or he would try and haggle and like, you know, negotiate. And he's just like, I'll do it. It's crazy. I mean, he had to really like the opportunity to do that and be comfortable enough with the money he already had. Well, I mean, we're saying this like $50,000 is not a huge sum of money to people. It's not for Hollywood. No, but still, like if somebody's like, hey, if someone came up to me about any movie, if it could be, uh, God, the crows have eyes too. <laughs> <laughs> From Shit's Creek. From Shit's Creek. It could be the crows have eyes too. And they'd be like, we'll pay you $50,000 and we'll fly you to Bulgaria or the hell they were. I think it was Bosnia? I thought if, if it was either Bulgaria or Bosnia, yeah. I'd be like, sure, shit, let's do it. <laughs> $50,000? Yeah, man. Well, I mean, that's a different scale movie though. That's something small, like indie. Right, but Whereas, they didn't know that this was going to be a huge that's thing. That's true. But it was purchased by a big studio. I guess. Anyways, he was offered the role because of a Pepto-Bismol commercial from the 80s. <laughs> Jeff Daniels in the commercial states that there are a whole lot of students with diarrhea, and doctors gave our group Pepto-Bismol. So they're part of like some scientific study for fucking diarrhea. <laughs> I mean, he does get diarrhea in the movie. Ah, so that's how he knew what to do. <laughs> Oh, my God. So, yeah, that's why he was offered the role. Um, 50000 Took it. Like, what were actors getting paid back then? I feel like he was pretty secure with the money he's made at this point. Because, like, he's made millions of dollars probably by then, or close to, right? Because he was in several movies and things before then. He'd been acting since the early 80s. I don't know, because I get him mixed up with, like, Bill Pullman and those guys, so... Yeah. <laughs> and then he ended up winning an Emmy with the newsroom, right? Or did they just get? I don't know. Nominated? I thought newsroom didn't do very well. I thought he won like an Emmy for Maybe. it. Maybe. I don't know. Not Maybe it was critically good and not audiences. Okay. Well, that's that. That's them. What they made. This is going to be a loaded question for you. Okay. What's your favorite line in this movie? Uh, you're right. It is a bit loaded because that would be asking a lot. Do you want me to go through my list of things and maybe one of them will be yours? 
No. Um, okay. I, I did write down quotes, so let me just quickly look through. While you're looking, several of the lines from this movie and several of the scenes that are they made it to the final cut were improvised, um, as you might expect for a movie like this. So some things like the want to hear the most annoying sound in the world, that was improvised by Jim Carrey, so their reactions when he starts screaming are their actual reactions because they didn't know he was going to start just screaming in his ear there. When Jim Carrey's in the bar and he walks out and he sees the moon landing posters, we landed on the moon. (laughs) Ah! That was improvised. Um, The, oh, the Kung Fu sequence um, at the end of it, Jim Carrey, it was like one of the, they just did a bunch of extra takes where he could improvise and do a bunch of things. So the doggy bag where he puts the heart in the doggy bag at the end, that was his decision to do that and try that out at the end of the Kung Fu part. <laughs> um, I just went through all my notes and I didn't have anything that jumped out at me. <laughs> all right. Let me give you a couple here to pick from and choose one of these. <laughs> okay. So we have, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> the we landed on the moon thing. One in a million. So you're saying there's a chance. The least you can do is level with me. What are my chances? Not good. You mean not good like one out of a hundred? I'd say more like one out of a million. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah! And then I feel like in pair with it, 10 seconds later when he finds out she has a husband. Husband? What was all that one in a million talk? Oh, that, that probably is my favorite. I, I fucking die whenever. <laughs> it's like, he's being held up at gunpoint. He's like, what was all that one in a million talk? <laughs> the totally redeem yourself line. Pets' heads are falling off. When he's with the little old lady and he's like, you know, it's true what they say. Well, the senior citizens, what is it? Well, well, slow and dangerous behind the wheel still can serve a purpose. Yeah, and then she robs him. Yeah. Got robbed by a little old lady in a Segway, whatever. <laughs> a Segway. Uh, whatever she was on. You know what I mean. Uh, rascal? Yeah, rascal, sure. I love when Harry is trying to talk to Mary for Lloyd. And he's talking about, like, dog breeding. He's like, yeah, one time we... Uh, Breeded a bull, a uh, pip, was it a bulldog? bulldog? Oh, yeah, bulldog with a shih tzu. Called it a bullshit. <laughs> like, fucking can't hold himself together. <laughs> um, I did think one somewhat clever, though predictable part was where they were at that gala and Lloyd is opening the champagne and yeah. the sh- cork shoots across the room and kills the snowy owl that they're trying to protect. And then the thug is like, we killed their bird. Now they killed one of ours. Like This party just died. <laughs> My favorite line, though, is a very dumb one. Big gulps, huh? Well, see you later. Just when he walks out of the, the rest stop, I think, that they're at when they change seats. And there's like two guys standing out there. Apparently, they're not extras or anything. They were just at that place. Uh-oh. And Jim Carrey was just trying to get a reaction <laughs> out of them. Interesting. <laughs> Big gulps, huh? Well, see you later. Early on in the movie, there's just, there's so many dumb lines that I find funny just because it's like, why would you even think to put that in there? But it's stupid funny. Like, why are you going to the airport? Flying somewhere? 
Or when Harry's asking uh, that girl about her skis, like, those your skis? Mm-hmm. Bo- both of them? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Uh, and he sets himself on fire as he's talking yeah. to her. Just give me the damn number. And she doesn't want to go out with a klutzy guy. Yeah. I don't even think that. I think it's because he was, like, screaming. <laughs> well, her ex was klutzy. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Well, then she definitely wouldn't want to go with him. And then she ends up being the FBI agent. Yeah. Another good one is at the end when they get the briefcase and he opens it up. He's like, those are as good as money, sir. Those are IOUs. <laughs> 275000 for a car. Might want to hold on to that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I didn't say in my recap that they spend all the money from the briefcase. I love when they're tipping people. Here you go. There you go. He's like, he's tipping like $1,000 to each of them. Yeah. Good for them. Good for those people. <laughs> Oh, God. They were very extravagant with the money. Like you said, $275,000 for a car. Yeah. With it, the doors that go up instead of out. Yeah. Their suits. Can't can't not talk about their suits. The powder blue and orange suit. Yeah. Love that. The montage was pretty decent. It's set to Pretty Woman yeah. as they're like getting all gussied up. I did not appreciate the part where he's getting a pedicure. Mm, no, me either. That was that was gross. It's too much for me too. Uh, the person is like sanding down his like talons. Yeah. Ugh. Gross. Didn't like it. <laughs> uh, so a couple last things from me. There were some alternate endings filmed for this because first of all, the studio wanted the guys to get on the bus at the end. With the Hawaiian tribe people, which I feel would be completely out of character. The way that it ends now is perfect. That's exactly how you would think that these two would handle that situation. Yeah, there's a bus of gorgeous Hawaiian tropic models that drives by while they're 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 walking. walking. Yeah. And they're basically asking where they can find guys. Yeah, they were like, we need two guys, oh, two to, guys. To, boil, to oil us up before shows. Yeah, and they're like, oh, well, there's a town that way if you keep going. And they're like, okay. okay. <laughs> and then they go and Lloyd's like, Harry, do you realize what you've done? They go and stop them. Like, you must excuse my friend. He's a little slow. The town's that way. <laughs> and they're just like, what? And then they're saying like, <laughs> There's two guys who are going to be very lucky. Yeah. Uh, so they filmed a couple alternate endings. One in which the guys are offered jobs at the hotel where they were staying. And another one where the concierge asks them to take care of his grandson or something who happens to be the blind kid oh. that they sold their bird to. The decapitated bird. Yeah. Which is <laughs> pretty bird, pretty bird. That's uh, maybe it was just my friends that had a bunch of just like they would always say lines from this. Yeah, not mine. Uh, well, you had to hang out with people that watch the movie. So those are the alternate endings. Um, I'd mentioned early on that part of this was related to The Shining. Uh, the Danbury, where they stayed, was uh, the hotel that actually inspired Stephen King to write The Shining. Oh. Jim Carrey actually stayed in the haunted, supposedly haunted, room 217, um, but he checked out after three hours and (laughs) said he wouldn't talk about why. Oh, cryptic. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we want to talk about the sequel, 
that I feel like is inexplicable. I just want to preface it by saying this movie, Dumb and Dumber, which we just watched, has a meta score of 41. Mm-hmm. And people are dumb. <laughs> the tomato, Rotten Tomato rating is 67%, so better. The audience score is 84%. Which is as it should. <laughs> But basically, the audience score is probably why this movie did get a sequel. It's called Dumb and Dumber 2. Not Dumb and Dumberer? No. Dumb and Dumberer is the prequel when Harry met Lloyd. Okay. Thank you. I never saw any of the follow-ups. So. That came out in 2003, and it has 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oof. Dumb and Dumber 2, T-O, mm-hmm. came out in November 2014. And... It did get very bad reviews from critics, but apparently did well with audiences. I'm going to look up the Rotten Tomatoes real quick. Okay. Oh, that is incorrect. (laughs) So Dumb and Dumber 2 got a 30% rating on Rotten Tomatoes and 35% from the audience. That sounds bad. Its Metascore is 36. Okay. I mean, I never saw any of the follow-ups. Like I said, they're not anything I'm interested in. It, it's not a, it's not something that needs a sequel. Not everything needs a sequel or a reboot. Not everything needs it. Some movies do. Some movies need to be updated for changing in the times or things like that. Or Bill Murray was in it. Dumb and Dumber Two or Dumb and Dumberer. Dumb and Dumber Two. Mm, sucks for him. Well, this movie was good for Jim Carrey because, like I said, he had just had a run of. Pretty successful movies. By the end of their run in theaters, the three movies, the Ace Ventura, The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, had made over $300 million domestically and nearly three quarters of a billion dollars worldwide, which pretty good for them. Yeah. Ace Ventura and Dumb and Dumber were both spun off into animated series. There was a one season of a Dumb and Dumber animated Saturday morning cartoon. Did you watch that? Never. <laughs> never did. Uh After this, Jim Carrey was in Batman Forever. He was the Riddler, which also did well. And then Ace Ventura, Nature Calls, also did well. So he had like five straight movies that just crushed it. I saw Ace Ventura and The Mask, but that's it. So you haven't seen Ace Ventura when Nature Calls? I don't think so. Interesting. That's, I might like that one more than the first. Oh. Which I love the first one too. (laughs) Because, all right. Me and my sister liked it a lot because we liked Jim Carrey talking out of his butt. You know, we're little kids. Excuse me, I must ask you a question. (laughs) I'm mature. Uh, After this one, Jeff Daniels, his next big one, like, that did well, I guess, was 101 Dalmatians. He was in some other stuff after uh, My Favorite Martian. (laughs) Uh, But, I mean, he's... Had steady work since then. I mean, both of them kind of shifted to more dramatic roles, right? Uh, I mean, Jeff Daniels is a dramatic actor before this. Oh, okay. He wasn't like a comedic actor. That's why a lot of the people in charge are like, what? Because Speed was his movie right before it. Uh, And Gettysburg. So he was in like dramatic stuff. But I think he did well in this. He was hilarious. He, I feel like he has good comedic sense. It's Dumb and Dumber, a movie I love, and Katie tolerated enough to watch barely this is how i probably felt with uh let's see what show have we watched that i probably felt this way dawson was hard for me dawson was yeah. was felicity 
Um, no, Felicity, I could get into a okay. little more, but Dawson, I was just the whole time like, what? <laughs> what? The way they talk. Yeah. No. Oh my God. Don't even get me going back on that. No <laughs> teenagers ever talk that way. Okay. Let's rate Dumb and Dumber. You go first this time. I go first. All right. It's going to be long winded. <gasps> I love Dumb and Dumber. The end. Uh, <laughs> this movie has so many lines that like, I forget that they're from this and there are things that I do. Lloyd telling Mary how much he likes her. That I like you. I like you a lot. I like her a lot. All of that, like that voice. I'll do that shit. In my, like, if I'm eating food and I'm by myself because I just talk to myself, I'm like, mm, this steak is good. I like it a lot. And then I just think, this is my life. That's fun. <laughs> I also like that part where he's like, I want to make love to a schoolboy. Wait, no. <laughs> and you like, can't get the words out. Uh, there's, like said, there's so many lines. There's so many things from it that I just are ingrained in part of, like, the weird pop culture references in my brain that, that make connections to everything anyone says ever. And I could rewatch the movie over and over again. I could go home and watch it again right now. And I'd be perfectly fine doing that. And I would laugh just as much at all the same stupid shit. Well, you can yeah. do that because it is on Amazon prime. Yeah. And I would go and as soon as he comes home and says, I fell off the jetway again, I fucking bust out laughing <laughs> his face, how he threw it. The physical comedy of Jim Carrey, like even when it's not over the top, like in the mask or Ace Ventura for the most part, there's sometimes, but like for the most part, it's just like the little things he does. They're so funny. And then Harry playing off of him for most of what's going on and just like reacting to and going through and just being like, I feel like Harry's the smarter of the two, but he's also still dumb. He's, he's the dumb Lloyd's the dumber. They're just, I don't know. They work so well together. The movie's great. I'm giving it 4.75. Ooh. Yeah. Very precise. Oh, yeah. Well, it's better than four and a half. It's not five. (laughs) 4.75 Mockingbirds out of five, which we didn't even talk about. We didn't. Which, oh my God. That whole scene. Mockingbird. And then they pick up like the Hispanic family who's also in the back not knowing what they're singing. And Mental's just losing. Oh, my God. Isn't that the song that they sing in one of the vacation movies? I think I know it from an episode of Will and Grace. Okay. Yeah, I think Jack does it in his, like, one-man show. That sounds like Jack. But I'm pretty (laughs) sure it's in one of the vacation movies. Mm. Anyway, that's my rating. Go for it. So, I felt like this was a painful experience watching Dumb and Dumber. I just wanted it to end most of the time. There were funny parts a little bit, and there were definitely quotes that I heard and I was like, oh, okay, so that's what this is from. But for the most part, just not my humor, not even remotely my humor, especially not now. Like, maybe I thought it was funny when I was a kid. I don't remember when I actually saw it. It just didn't connect with me. It didn't connect with Sarah, who I was watching it with. We ended up watching A Simple Favor afterwards to get it out of our heads. <laughs> so disappointing. I'm, ju- I'm just shaking my head this whole time. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just going to give it one Ugh. of my coats. <laughs> the coat that was in the movie that I also own. One out of five. That might be the lowest you've rated something. It might be. 
really rethink my life. I know. <laughs> According to the map, we've only gone four inches. I like that one too. <laughs> There's so many good lines in this that are so dumb. Yes, it's so dumb. I don't. Uh, I can't do dumb humor most of the time. Oh. All right, we're not all as sophisticated. <laughs> anyway, so I think next time we'll be doing Katie's favorite show of all time, Friends. Yeah, <gasps> in which I try to stump Katie about Friends trivia. Yeah, so I've done a couple Friends trivia's, and both times my team got second. It's just going to be an hour of me asking you questions about friends. And you're like, oh, that's this. It was from minute 13 of this episode this season. And here's where they were and what they were doing. Yeah, it's going to be an hour of me referencing way more episodes than the two that we're going to watch. And it's going to be really hard to pick those two episodes. I know. I think I know what both of them are going to be. I almost feel like I should pick these just to piss you off. But go on. (laughs) I need them to be. They're going to be good episodes. They're going to be episodes that I think are really good and classic. We'll see what you think. Fair enough. Just like you thought this was a classic. It is. <laughs> uh, this is, to be fair, I never liked Friends that much. So we're going to definitely, it'll be a role reversal. Woo. <laughs> um, you can listen to a TFGIF on Stitcher. You can listen to it on Spotify. You can listen to it on iTunes, but you should use PodCoin. Uh, you can get paid for it or donate money to what's the word causes i know but charities a, no, that's not the word. deserving causes? what's not deserving is not the word i don't know what you're thinking <laughs> you can donate that money to deserving causes that you know different charities that need the money so you can listen to us on that and use the code tfgifpod to get 300 coins um you can rate us review us all of that Anywhere you can follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, TFJF Podcast. Or if you have questions, comments, concerns, fears, dreams, hopes, email us tfjfpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And that is all we got. That is it. I'm going to go force Katie to watch a movie that's dumb somehow. Oh, geez. It, it won't happen. I'm going to go get food. <laughs> Until next time. Bye. bye.